everyone and welcome to our custom crew Q&A. My name is Lena and today I have for you an interview with Izzy and Fincy. Izzy is an actor for the Crown of Thorns project, playing the role of Uriel. She got into the fandom around the time the Amazon series came out, when a friend introduced her to it, and she's been hooked on it ever since. So when the opportunity came out to create something for the fandom she's come to love, she jumped at the chance. She's been acting on stage for 15 years and voice acting for six, though this will be her first buttfic. You can also hear her playing a variety of characters on Fool's Gold Theatre Productions' Supernatural Gender Swap podcast, including a very particular trickster. She's very glad to be part of this project and is excited to embark on something new and wonderful with a great group of people. Fancy is on the voice cast for the Colonel Thor's project, playing the role of Raphael. Most of his live acting experience has been on stage as a classical vocalist and opera singer, occasionally also doing straight plays. Though no longer actively pursuing opera as a career, he continues to perform as a choral singer and recitalist. He began his venture into voice acting when he created fancyreads.tumblr.com in 2018, where he put his readings on Tumblr posts, poetry, vignettes, articles, and shitposts. He is now showrunner, narrator, director, editor, and occasional composer for his podcast, The SCP Foundation Database, an immersive audio storytelling series based in the world of the SCP Foundation. Though chiefly an SCP reader, the podcast includes radio play elements and a meta-narrative around the personnel accessing the files being read. Fancy first read Good Omens a decade ago and rediscovered his love of it with the recent TV adaptation. He has begun reading Crown of Thorns and is enjoying it immensely. Guys, it's an honor to have you with us today. Tell us a bit about yourself before we start. Where are you from and what do you do aside from fandom? Okay, well, I'm from Atlanta, Canada. And I am an accounts payable associate for a lumber conglomerate. Very exciting, I know. And on the side, I do theater, uh, dinner theater, various voice acting things. That's about it. Awesome. Fancy? I am from Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I spend most of my days uh, at home taking care of my grandmother. Um, I also have a church gig. Um, singing in a choir, although we're not singing as much at the moment with uh, the state of the world. Um, I also do editing work for a couple of podcasts and some side recording, uh, studio recording gigs. Awesome. So how do you guys land in fandom? Uh, I was always like that weird little kid on the playground that's like acting out stories for their friends and stuff. Like, <laughs> We all know that one kid. And I didn't really get into, like, actual fandom itself until I was probably about, I think I was about 12. There was, like, a, another middle school girl that she, like, introduced me to fanfiction.net, and it kind of spiraled from there. Yeah, I can't remember um, when I first, like, what got me on fanfiction.net. Um, I didn't read all that much, um, but I do remember getting hooked on this one uh, Kingdom Hearts fan fiction in high school, um, and then being extremely bummed out when it stopped getting updated. Uh, that's a mood. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I hear that's fairly common. Um, I've I... been on both sides of that equation. Oh? <laughs> <Me> too. Whoops. <laughs> Oopsie. <laughs> that happens, yeah. And were you both in fandom at the time that you first read or first found Good Omens? Uh, I, I didn't find Good Omens until the Amazon series came out, and by that point, I was, like, just generally into 
every other fandom under the sun and obsessing over them on the daily. Right. Um, I think I think it was my friend Toby that introduced me to um Good Omens in college. Um they lent me their book. Um I read it then and then I sort of forgot about it for a few years and then the Amazon series came out and I got super excited about it. Um although I had been hearing uh I follow Neil Gaiman on Tumblr, and so I was getting sort of little uh, updates about that this was now in production and getting super excited leading up to it finally being released. Um, and just absolutely loving the the series once it was out. I need to watch it a third time. I've watched it twice now. <laughs> Only twice? Only twice, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so you're both uh, into audio creation in general, but do you do other fanish creative things? And like in terms of fandom, I mean, not not on the same scale as this. Like this this is my first pod fic, not my last, but my first. <laughs> but I've been doing other stuff like um, with Fool's Gold Theater Production. They do, I guess it's sort of like a pod fic. Sort of, it's like they've taken the episodes of Supernatural and just gender swapped everything. So we're playing like, and they've inserted like some of their own works in there too. So we're doing like some original like episodes in there and stuff. So in that sense, sort of, but yeah, this is, this is the first like true, like podvic kind of experience I've been having. So. Mm -hmm. And in terms of like other creative things, you've mentioned that you've been that person who wrote a fake and never finished it. Yeah, yeah, multiple <laughs> times. My my hard drive is is full of abandoned fanfics. I am I am a terrible fanfic mother. All of my children are left to starve. Oh, I'm so no. sorry, babies. <laughs> uh, what fandoms are the fix for? The oh, unfinished God, I have ones. So many. <laughs> I have so many. Uh, most recently, I've been getting into like the Bright Sessions again, which is another podcast. It's yeah. super good. I totally recommend it. And uh, I've got a lot for Pacific Rim, <laughs> like like way more than is healthy. <laughs> There's a fic on there. It has lived on my hard drive for like six years untouched, and I I need to get back to it. It's like got one like one chapter left to go, and I'm like, oh, nah, not not today. So yeah. Any artsy kind of stuff, or just uh, just writing? Uh, it's mostly writing. Like I, I do some like abstract painting and stuff now and then, but it's nothing like fandom based, really. Mm -hmm. I, I, I am not an arter. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. What about you, Fancy? Um, as far as related to like fandom, not, not really. Um, there's, I mean, I always have. I, uh, there's a couple of fandoms that I'm a part of that i've always thought maybe i'll write something and then you know it just obviously it never happens uh i'm i'm that person with all the ideas and never puts them uh for all the ideas for writing something and never actually writes it um i used to write a lot more when i was in college but not so much anymore mm -hmm. and how do you guys find the different creative things that you do are maybe how do they relate to audio creation? Do you find it similar, different? I find it very different because the role that I have in this, it's just, it's, it's voice acting. So basically I step in a booth and I talk 
to myself for about an hour and sometimes make weird noises with my mouth. But with, <laughs> with like actually sitting down and creating stuff, it's a lot of, there's a lot more like self-loathing and procrastinating. And it's like, oh, I'm responsible for this. What, what do I do? Yeah. And then I, there's a lot of walking away and then coming back and then walking away again and then coming back. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. With voice acting, you kind of just, you got to commit and just send it off and be done with it. Yeah, I completely agree on on all points. It's nice to be able to have a, a specific goal, sit down, uh, get it done, have fun with it, but um, knowing what the deadline is, what you have to do, and then I like um, the sort of structure that gives you to be creative around rather than having to sort of pull your creativity out of thin air by um, doing something on your own. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. So is there more like a, an aspect of community being a voice actor than perhaps a writer? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there, there is and there isn't. Like, because uh, I'm alone in a booth when I do it. So there's like not so much community in that aspect. But then when you see like the whole thing coming together and it's just like, oh, my God, there's people from all over the world also standing in a closet talking to mm -hmm. themselves for an hour and it's all made this like wonderful thing it's like oh that's nice mm -hmm. so you're both in the podcast uh i want to say industry or, or community um do you guys get involved into podpick or do you know about podpick before or after you started to podcast i didn't i didn't uh I, I stumbled across like Podfix like many, many years ago, and I listened to exactly one. And it, I don't remember which one it was or even which fandom it was for, but it was really bad. Like the sound quality oh. was bad. The acting was just bad. And I was just like, oh, this is what Podfix are. No, thank you. Not for me. And I just assumed they were all like that. And then I found, you know, things like this. And it's like, oh, they could be good. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I had no idea Podfix were a thing until I heard about this. Um, but then looking back at it, it's like, why wouldn't it be a thing? Like, um, especially now with uh, how popular podca uh, podcasts have become, like there's all this material just waiting to be recorded. Um, why wouldn't it be a thing? I'm, I'm really glad that my first experience with Podfix is. Um, something so well organized and well put together oh for oh, sure. same yeah <laughs> mm -hmm. and how have you found the podfit community now that you're a, more of a part of it is it very different from the podcast community uh with the podcast community i wasn't so much into it then because even then i was still just like working as a voice actor like they were just giving me the roles and i was doing them and i was kind of distanced from the rest of it but mm -hmm. Yeah, but for this this community is it's the little bit that I've seen of it because so far it's just like the good omens one, but it's it's wonderful. Everybody is so talented and lovely, and I just love them all and I want to give them hugs. But it is COVID, <laughs> so let's let's not do right. six feet. Let's not do that. Hit hugs from six feet. Not yes. yet. Not yet. Nope. Yeah, my um. My, my podcast community is 
almost entirely made up of of friends so far or friends of friends like i've gotten gigs from people who know a guy you know so it's been sort of insular in that aspect i haven't really gotten to know that many new people through uh my own podcasting but um through this it's it's amazing to be surrounded by so many, well, figuratively surrounded by so many um, extremely passionate people and people that are passionate about something that you are also passionate about. Um, it's always fun to uh, meet new people like that. And so because podcasting to a certain extent is sort of like combining um the part of of writing that's like creating out something new out of thin air like you said and then reading it and podfic in in a sense is sort of like creating an audiobook for a fanfic so have you guys ever created or read um an audiobook i've i've sort of gotten into audiobooks lately because i have to um a lot of my work is like data entry based and we're thankfully allowed to like listen to music and like podcasts and stuff like that at work so i've been I've been binging a few books here and there. <laughs> yeah, but like, have you have you voiced um, an audiobook? Um, not yet. I I've been looking. I've been looking at a few. We're we're getting there. Ooh. There's been a, the closest I've come so far is uh, uh it used to be like with Fool's Gold. We've had some like technical issues lately, so we haven't come out with a lot of stuff. But they used to do uh for the past few Halloweens, they would do these uh creepy pasta things, and so we would read that, and it's mm -hmm. like a like a little baby audiobook, but but scary. That's the that's the closest I've come so far, but I liked it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my podcast is pretty much not exactly an audio audiobook, but that's pretty much what it because it's an SCP Foundation uh, adaptation. So it's all um, stuff that's already written, and uh, we sort of put our a twist on it to make it a bit more immersive than just. Um, an audiobook, but hmm. um, I would love to do more stuff like that. There's actually a few um, stories, few uh, ongoing um, chapter series that I would love to uh, be a part of at some point. Awesome. Um, so, have you guys, uh, Izzy, you mentioned this is your first, but not your last. So, have you guys recorded Podfake for? Well, either for for good omens or for other fandoms since starting Crown of Thorns. Yes, uh, <laughs> I think there's I think there's one that's coming out that has I think it has you and me in it. I'm not sure uh, in a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's been a few. I have my spreadsheet up so I can reference it. But there's been a few. Um, uh, disturbances was one of them. That was also in the Good Omens family. Uh, you record. <laughs> oh, sorry. Those are some mason jars. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you are cordially invited in the aftermath. I played Amanda in that. Like I've, I've, I've just been getting invites from people that are like in the Crown of Thorns group, and it's just like, sure, yeah, I'm up for anything. And you have a spreadsheet. I have, yeah, I have a spreadsheet full of everything I've done because I have a terrible memory and way too many roles. Truly a part of the um, Potvik community. Then Potvik community is Definitely. somehow obsessed with uh, spreadsheets for some reason. <laughs> I love spreadsheets. They're great. <laughs> Mine's color coded. <laughs> That's so cute. Vincy? Um, I haven't gotten the opportunity to do any other pot fix yet, but I would absolutely love to. Awesome. 
well looking forward to hearing your voice in some other projects then yeah <laughs> me too i'd i'd hope i get the opportunity <laughs> well you can always create your own i can always create i was just about to say that yeah i could always this create my true, own opportunity yeah. <laughs> if you don't find one make your own so they yeah. say um so more specifically about Chrono Thorns, how did you guys find out about the story and then about the Putrama? Uh I found out because of Neil Gaiman and somebody too, who yeah. decided to Yeah, yeah, they asked him to reblog and I'm like, well, heck yes, I'm gonna join this. <laughs> and I hadn't read the fic beforehand, but then I, I saw the author's name and I was like, wait a minute, that sounds familiar. And I've read so many of their other fanfics, like over the years, like mostly in the Pacific Rim fandom. I was like, this is this person? What? <laughs> so I, ha I had to jump in. Yeah, I, I saw the same post uh, reblocked by Neil Gaiman. So that's uh, uh, with everything else that he had been talking about with the new series. Uh, I, I knew that I really, really wanted to, to get involved with that. And I'm happy I was able to. And what, um, did you have any idea what the story was about? Or did you just saw it and you were like, I trust Neil Gaiman with my life? <laughs> <laughs> I, ha I had no idea at all. I just saw a voice acting opportunity, <laughs> related good omens. And I was like, that's in my wheelhouse. Let's do it. Yeah, I had, I had no idea. Um, and I know Neil Gaiman's uh, specifically said quite a few times that he does not read fan fiction. Whether that or not that's true, I don't know. I just know he legally cannot have read any fan fiction. But I knew it was slash fic, so, and I've read some, and yeah, that's basically all I knew about it, <laughs> and that it was very big and uh, well loved. So going in blind, did you guys have a character in mind for audition or like did you read any at all before auditioning? Or did you just went in and you got you went like I want a character with about this many lines? I just kind of leapt in and I looked at the spreadsheet that was later. Again, the spreadsheets, we love them. And I saw one that was uh Canadian and I was like, hey, I'm Canadian. Let's go with that one. Fair enough. Um I'm I auditioned for, um, stupidly, the narrator, because I know I wouldn't have been able to keep up with all of that. I can't imagine how, uh, I can't imagine how Podfix does that. But, oh, um, yeah. uh, and I basically, I auditioned for characters that I knew. So I auditioned for um, Aziraphale and for Crowley and for Newt, because um, I feel like, I have a lot in common with Newt, so that would be an easy character for me. Um, but yeah, I, I hadn't read any of it beforehand, so I auditioned for characters that I knew and figured if they think I would be better for a character, mm. for an original character, then they would know better than me. So, And, well, Izzy, you obviously got Uriel, but how mm -hmm. do you feel getting Raphael after not having really known who he was before? I'm, I I love playing Raphael. I'm so glad that they gave him to me, and uh, I'm glad that I was given. In the end, I am glad I was given a character that I wasn't familiar with, so that I could sort of um, build them up in my head rather than basing them off of um, 
the, a character that I had in mind while reading the original book or uh, mm. um, off of the way a specific uh, actor played them. Um, so yeah, I, I'm glad I got to build them up based on just what was in front of me. Mm -hmm. So what is it like when you sit down and you think, okay, I'm going to record? What is it like being Uriel and Raphael? Well, I don't sit. I have to stand, unfortunately, oh. with the way my booth is structured. But <laughs> uh, the the plot process is basically, oh, no, this is due in two weeks and it takes me a week to edit it. Better get in there. <laughs> that, past that, like a lot of Uriel is just it's just my voice for the most part. Like there's like, you know, some inflections up in here. She says some words differently than I do, which is weird because it's the Canadian accent. But apparently I mm. don't have a real Canadian accent. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i i honestly i have so many notes in my thing that says sorry instead of sorry because i'm so used to pronouncing it my way and not the canadian way but yeah it's mostly just like making sure that i've prepared for the material like i've read the chapter again so i know the context of the lines and then i immediately forget the context of the lines and have to go back <laughs> same yeah i mean i make sure that i've uh read the uh read the chapter i know the context for the lines and Raphael is basically i feel like it, it's it's sort of developed uh over the course of it but he sort of just speaks in a much more like it's much smoother it he sort of sinks through the lines just a little bit um and just yeah <laughs> all right so often when I do these interviews with voice actors, I ask them to describe their characters from their point of view. But since you're both here and you're clearly both um, already used to your own characters, could you describe each other's characters from your point of view? Oh, oh goody. <laughs> <laughs> Raphael is a delight and I love him. He is. I like that. I like so much, that, especially. Uh, Finzi, how he's brought like so much to the character with the voice. Like reading him on paper is like different than hearing it entirely. Oh, uh, he's, you know, he's he's a little shit, <laughs> and <laughs> he's a smarmy bastard. But at the same time, there's like this like this like genuine like softness there, and it's like aw, and I just love him. Yeah, Uriel is um, tortured, but sorts of uh, she still. Uh, tries to enjoy life on Earth um, as much as she can, uh, despite some of her uh, duties. Um, she's a lot of fun. I love going to say I love playing against you, but it's so hard to, to <laughs> properly do that when we're <laughs> separated by hundreds of miles and um, not being in the same room or even recording at the same time. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I find the more though that like I've heard your voice, it's like okay, I I think I can get kind of a sense of like how he might do this line, and then I'll play off of it that way. Yeah, and it, it does help I, having heard you um, over the course of sixty chapters. Yeah. Have you guys ever thought of doing like a joint um, recording session? Hmm. I think given how many logistics went into just scheduling this interview it would be a <laughs> bit of a 
Well, but I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure two time zones is better than coordinating three. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But it's still it's still a, I think it's still a four hour difference or something. Yeah. And I, I work during the days and you're busy in the evenings and stuff. So I just it mm -hmm. probably wouldn't work out all that well. Probably uh, not. And as many times as I end up reading lines, it would just be mistake after mistake oh, same. after mistake on my end. Same. <laughs> I do like 60 takes a line. You would be there forever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> um. So what do you guys think of um, Uriel and Raphael's sort of interactions and the way their relationship is built somehow before we meet them in the story, but also through the first few chapters that we see them? I really like seeing sort of that journey. Like when they first breathe in, they're just like, oh, God, these assholes again. <laughs> and it's just you, you haven't met them yet, but you already know they are they are going to be trying. And mm -hmm. they do, they do. But then you get to like see the depth of it. Like you get to see, okay, Uriel's got this kind of baggage, and and Raphael is this this kind of person. And it's just, oh, okay, we can we can see this like develop. This is this is an interesting dynamic. There's more there than we thought. Basically, my words exactly. Um. So I have a bit of a different question that. Uh, than usual because uh, we haven't found a lot of people who are in the podcasting world so far but do you guys have any tips for listeners who might want to cross that bridge between having a fanish sort of interest and doing that well professionally really uh, for the podcasting side I can't really say too much because I'm not so much into like you know like the publishing and like the editing and that kind of thing I'm mostly into the voice acting thing so Really, the only advice I can give for that is uh, take care of your voice because I've seen way too mm. many out there that like they don't drink enough water, they don't do their warm ups, they they strain themselves, and they do too many things back to back. And that's like this is your instrument, this is your baby. You got to take care of it. And that's that's like the core rule for anything involving your voice. Yeah, and as far as podcasting goes, I would just say, um, find something you are you already have a lot to say about um like I, if it's just like the two people talking sort of thing find someone who uh with a, a very similar interest and also level of knowledge that you do and talk about something that you already have a lot to say about um or something that you already have uh an immense interest in or something that you are do something that you know you are good at it makes everything else go a lot smoother fair enough <laughs> so what is one thing about your characters that you guys identify with oh oh i love uriel um well she is canadian so nice. there's that Although she is a Leafs fan, so I cannot, I, I cannot with that. No, sorry, Habs for life. Um, I don't even watch hockey. Who am I kidding? Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, my thing with her is like she has like you know this trouble letting go with of things and of people and of that sort of thing, and I, I definitely identify with that a, a whole heck of a bunch. Yep. And she's also stuck doing a job that she'd rather not. And uh, I think we've all been there. We, we've mm. all worked retail at one time or another. I think the fun of playing Raphael is that I have almost nothing 
in common with him. Um, like, I don't think I'm smarmy. I got, I'm definitely, if I am, it's certainly not to that degree. Um, I don't do drugs in any way. Uh, like, yeah, when I first started reading Raphael, he just was not someone I felt like I could be friends with at all. And to some extent, that's still true. But then you see him like alone, um, how he is by himself or with Uriel, and you start to be able to connect with him a bit more. He's still, I mean, he's not human, but he is very uh, human and complicated and not just a smarmy bastard. Um, and so I guess I connect with him as a human in that sense. As far as individual traits go, I, I, it's, it's fun being able to play someone that shares so few of them with me. Fair enough. So is there a character that you feel like you connect with better within the cast of Chronothorns? And you as well, Izzy? Uh, I think I think out of out of the whole cast, I probably identify with Uriel the most, but that might be because just I've spent so much time getting into her head. Uh, probably the, the second closest would be maybe Crowley. And it's nothing any, like any tangible thing. It's just we vibe. We, we, we on the mm. same wavelength. Yeah, uh, Newt, maybe. Uh, as I said, I just, I am that awkward person. <laughs> Are you good with tech by any chance? I am better at tech than, than, uh, than Newt is. Then... Um, I don't completely obliterate everything I touch. Um, <laughs> that's, that's a marketable skill, yeah. Yeah. Very true, very true. Um, so, because there was something that came up with one of our cast members that was really into theater, or did theater semi-professionally, do you guys, um, because you also have a background in theater, do you guys memorize your lines, or do you read them? I, definitely not, no, they are, they are directly in front of my face, but it's, with me, when I memorize lines for theater, like I have to really like associate it with like the physical gestures that I'm doing at the time. That's just the way my brain works. But if I've said a lot, like as I've said, I do about 60 takes a line sometimes. So eventually I will start to memorize it without intending to memorize it. Right. I, yeah, definitely don't memorize uh, my lines. Um, but I like when I read the chapter, I'm already thinking um, exactly how am I going to say this? What, um, what words do I need to highlight? What is he feeling at the moment? What is he trying to say underneath his words? Um, and then going back to actually record, I'm, I'm trying to recall those things. It would probably help me if I actually wrote things down um, in the initial reading but and would probably make the uh actual recording go more smoothly i wouldn't be having to do so many takes um but no i definitely don't i, I don't memorize them they're right in front of me fair enough and do you uh, especially easy because you said you record standing up do you act them like bodily with like moving around I don't intend to, but it just kind of happens. 
there's there's multiple bloopers of me just like throwing my hand into the bike stand out of anger and it's like oh no i'm not meant to actually be angry because <laughs> i'm so used to like the theater background it's like this is the gesture i would make oh no i'm in a i'm in a three by three booth you can't can't do that today <laughs> yeah i i gesture um involuntarily um, and it would probably help me a lot to actually be standing because I have the squeakiest chair known to humanity. Um, and so I can't. I've managed to train myself to sit still for the most part, but my hands are typically um, coming pretty close to the mic and thankfully not hitting it that often. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Um, so. For a final question that I ask everyone, what is something that you've learned during this project? Uh, I have learned how to edit my voice so it's not as terrible, thankfully. Because they had the um, that template for us all to put into Audacity to clear out like the pops and stuff. And it's like, oh my god, I could have been doing this this whole time. Because with Fool's Gold, I usually just I send them off the entire file and they work their magic with it. Because I don't know what they want out of the out of the lines that I've taken half the time, but with this, I can actually I can go through and like pick and choose, and it's like, oh, okay. I have learned um, that it's uh, I hadn't had to read smut um, before this. I've learned that it's a lot easier than I thought it would be, but then going back to edit it is super awkward. Yeah. Oh, what a <laughs> What an actual move. I, I, I actually, the hardest part I find of reading smut stuff is I'm apparently a very breathy speaker. So I have to edit out like all this like <sighs> sounds in the background. I'm like, what was I doing? Oh, <laughs> uh, that's, that's interesting. Okay. Okay. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you very much for talking with us, Izzy and Pinsy. Tell us, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me on Tumblr and Archive of Our Own at Izzy Butt and on Twitter at Kendra Izzy. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, uh, um, at Finzy. Um, my podcast, SCP Foundation Database, is on SoundCloud. Uh, we also have a website that is www.scpdatapodcast.com or the scpfoundationdatabase.com also takes you to the same place. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And for anyone who's looking at the transcripts on AO3, there will be links for all of this. So, thank you very much, guys. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So, this was all we had for today. Next time, we'll be talking to Dearest Angel, one of our artists, so keep your ears ready for that. 